right. Good morning, Faith Church, man. So great to have you guys here. We want to make sure that we welcome all of you guys who are guests. And we want to welcome those who are watching online. Come on, let's welcome our online family who are watching as well. Well, it's Father's Day. So guys, happy Father's Day, man. What a great, great day. Someone asked once what Father's Day was. And the answer was, well, it's just like Mother's Day, only we spend a lot less money. A father, what's a father? A father is somebody who keeps pictures of his kids where his money used to be. I don't know about you guys, but uh, man, I, uh, I learned a long time ago that you just don't keep cash. Because if you keep cash, my kids can sniff cash out. So I just don't keep any when they come and ask for some. I don't have any. Because if by chance I ever have some, I don't have it long. So, uh, I, and I'm not going to give them my bank card because I'll report them for identity theft. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, listen, man, it's great to have you guys here today. Again, happy Father's Day. I hope you all have uh, some great time planned today for your dads and with your dads. And hope you make time on the way out of here, stop out at Dad Fest and grab a hot dog and a cold drink. Well, listen, we are continuing the series we started a couple weeks ago um, on the book of Proverbs entitled Wise Guys. And for you that maybe have not been a part of the journey so far, basically the book of Proverbs is a book written by a guy in the Old Testament. His name is Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived outside of Jesus. And he got this wisdom really supernaturally, like God gave him this wisdom. In fact, he reached a time in his life where he was about to become king and he knew, man, he was just outmatched. He had a lot of decisions he was going to have to make. And so one day while he's praying, God asked him, said, hey, Solomon, what's, what's one thing? I'll give you whatever it is you ask. One thing, what is it that you want? And Solomon asked for wisdom. And so we have the privilege to, to tap into some of that wisdom, and it's found in the book of Proverbs. Again, it is kind of, it's known as the book of wisdom. And so we've invited all of us kind of through this journey to be reading together along the book of Proverbs. So we've been reading one, pro, one chapter of Proverbs every day. If you've been a part of this journey, man, I'm excited. We've been getting some great feedback from people where God's speaking to them, God's giving them wisdom. If you've not been a part of this journey yet, it's not too late to start. You can jump in today, maybe before you go to bed, break out your Bible and start doing one chapter a day until we get through the entire book. Basically, we've been saying this through this series is that there's a lot of ways to get wisdom. In fact, one of the greatest ways that people use most often, but it's the hardest, is learning by experience, which means you have to make a bad decision and then learn from your bad decision, from a painful process, how not to do it in the future when it's too late. And what we've been saying is this, is that while that's one way to get wisdom, that's a painful process, there's a better way, and that's by tapping in to the source of wisdom. God, guys, hear this, God is a source of wisdom. And he makes himself available through his word, like the book of Proverbs, makes himself available through prayer. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, if you'll come and pray and ask me, I'll give a generous amount. And so we know this, that we need wisdom. Life is hard. We got a lot of big questions we have to answer. We all face regular challenges in in our marriages and raising kids and handling money and on and on and on and in the workplace and in our home. In the book of Proverbs, and ultimately God is a source of wisdom, is a great place for us to go to get the wisdom we need to handle life. And so today, as we step into into week three, uh, I I think maybe you've captured this. If some of you have been reading along or you've read through the book of Proverbs before, one of the things that you can't escape is this, is that as you read through, especially the first three chapters, and it picks up several times throughout, is that the book of Proverbs is written almost like from a dad to a son, from a dad to a son. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, we kind of get this. Watch this. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. And if my dad wrote this, he would end it with, and don't make me come up there. But I want you to notice, he says, he says my child. So again, it's, it's kind of this picture. Proverbs is written like from a dad 
to a kid. Now, here's what I know is this, is that for all of us in this room, and and today for a few minutes, I want to talk to dads. Uh, Moms, you'll get something out of today too. But dads, here's what I want you to know is that it's, it's not just our job to get wisdom, but it's our job, especially as dads, to pass wisdom on. Everybody shall pass it on. If you have wisdom, you need to be passing that wisdom on to your kid. And you do that, and we'll see this today. You do that intentionally, and you do it unintentionally. You do it intentionally through sharing little tidbits and words. Um, and you do it unintentionally by just living life, and your kids are watching how you live. Um, I know my dad, he passed on a, um, a, couple, a couple cool things, a couple things that I've learned. One thing my dad always taught me was this. My dad used to always say, listen, don't pay somebody to do something you can do yourself. And that came in handy a lot, you know. Um, I saved myself a lot of money, but as I've gotten older and I, I make more money, um, it's sometimes I just have to relinquish and let someone else do it because sometimes I spend more time doing it and I could have just paid somebody to get it done. The, the second piece of advice my dad gave me, and it's, uh, it's actually come in handy. You wouldn't think this would be needed, but this was actually come in handy. My dad used to tell me this, listen, you can outrun a cop, but you can't outrun his radio. Now, you would hope your kid would never need that advice. But as a young, rambunctious kid, I'm just going to be honest, there was more than one occasion where I made a bad decision and a cop was there and pulled me over and I thought, I can outrun him. And my dad's voice in the back of my head would say, you can outrun him, but you can't outrun his radio. So I just took it like a champ. <laughs> so, so here's this, guys, again, probably like my dad, like your dad, he's passed on a lot of advice. But here's what I want you to hear today. And in, in again, the way the book of Proverbs is written is I don't want you just to think that you're the father passing on wisdom. I want you to hear this today. Men, hear this. Is that every son, some of them one day will grow up and become a father, but every father remains a son for life. No matter how old you are, you're going to be a son your entire life. And ultimately, we need to hear the book of Proverbs, not as dads passing on wisdom to our kids, but we need to hear that God is our heavenly father and he's trying to pass wisdom on to us. And I know, I don't know about you guys, but we're, we're not there yet. We've not arrived. We don't have it all figured out. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you've been through. We can all continue to grow and learn and improve and continue to be better people in who God's called us to be. And that's what this process, that's what this journey is all about, is just being honest and saying we're not there yet. And so through this process of us being in the place where God's called us as men, I want you to understand something, that the vital role that you play in the lives of your family and your kids. In fact, for a few minutes, I've been in ministry for a long time, and I've never preached just a clear Father's Day message. I always just wanted to make sure that mom's got something out of the day. And I just felt such a burden today to show up here and just really challenge men. And so men, I want you to open up your hearts. I want you to open up your ears because I want you to know the vital role that you play is so pivotal. It's so, it's so huge. It's so key in your family and in the life of your children that we can't afford to get it wrong. Let me just give you a couple. I could, I could bury us today in stats and, and I don't want to do that, but let me just give you a couple things so you understand how important your role is in the family and in the home. For example, there was one study that was done, and this was the outcome of this study after looking at thousands of children's lives. Here's what they discovered, is that a child that's raised, listen to this, that a child that's raised in a single-parent home, a child that's raised by his mother is 30% likely to get involved in drugs, alcohol, and or violence, which means if a dad is absent in the home, there's a 30% chance that that child's going to grow up making bad decisions. However, this is where it gets worse. If the dad is in the home, but the dad's not connected to the kid, like if there's a dad in the home, but he's not really involved, he's not participating in life, he's not a support to that child, 
Then it goes from 30% up to a 68%. I mean, it's almost like if you're there, but you're absent, if you're present, but you're not involved, like you're intentionally wrecking your kid's future. It's scary. But then listen to this. If there is a child that's raised in a two-parent home where he has a close relationship with both his mom and a dad, there's only a 6% chance that that kid's going to grow up making bad decisions. Think about the significant role that you play. I heard another one. I just want you to understand this again because this comes into how when we treat our kids, how they respond and how they internalize things and how they feel the weight of what we say and what we don't say and how we treat them. There was a study done by Johns Hopkins University. Men, I want you to hear this. And they interviewed and they studied 1,400 graduating seniors. And what they were looking for was in five diseases or five conditions that they shared. They wanted to see, is there there some commonalities? Is is there something that contributed to this disease? The five diseases they were looking at or conditions was mental illness, hypertension, suicide, malignant tumors. And I I forget the last one, but there was five of them. And they wanted to see, is there anything? And they looked at their diet, they looked at their exercise, they looked at their friends. And here's the only, here's the only connecting factor that they found. All the kids who got sick had one, one common link. You know what it was? Every single one of those kids had a broken relationship with their parents. It's almost like God is saying, listen, man, we play such a huge, key, significant role. And I don't know about you, but man, a dad can make you or break you. Literally. And so today, I just want to challenge you with what it means to be a dad. And, and I know this, man. I know being a dad is, is hard. Can I just get an amen? Like, I, it's so hard to figure out. Uh, man, when, when our kids were born, I, I had not even really ever held a baby, ever changed a baby. It was just, my wife told me this later on, that um, she was actually scared to leave the kids home alone with me when, we were, when they were first born, which made me feel awful. So anytime she would leave, she would take the kids. Here, I thought she just loved me and was trying to give me some peace. Here, she was rescuing the children from me. (laughs) But you know, man, I mean, they're so hard and then they're small and they're so fragile. And as they get older and right and they go into school and they're facing bullying and they're facing homework for the first time and they're getting involved in sports. And I'm I'm just going to be honest, I make it up half the time. But here's what I want you to hear. Listen, while it's so difficult to be a parent, while it is sometimes, I, I feel over-challenged and, 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 and underprepared. But in the midst of all that, here's what I want you to hear. Is that, listen, your family doesn't need a perfect dad. Your family needs a practicing dad. Listen, none of us are perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Listen, I make mistakes all the time, and, 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 I, and I try to do this. I don't do this enough. But one of the best things you can ever do when you make a mistake, listen, when you, when you fly off the handle, when you lose your temper, when you... It's to go into your kid's room and say, hey, I want you to know I blew it, man. I I want you to forgive me. I apologize for the way I talked to you. Listen, you want to be a champ to your kid? Be humble. You want to be somebody that your kid looks up to? Be a person of character and be a person of integrity. Anybody can bring home a paycheck. It takes somebody with character and a big heart to be a person that can love a kid. And so that's what God's called us to as men. In fact, I want you to see this. When we think about our influence, when we think about men, husbands, when we think about our impact on kids, I want you to think about what the Bible says in the book of Numbers. Listen to this. Book of Numbers chapter 14 says this. Read this with me. The Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. Y'all ought to be shouting this because this is good preaching right here. Forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Isn't that good news? But listen to this. But he does not excuse the guilty. Next part. Come on, everyone read this with me. 
He lays the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Here's what God is saying. God is saying, come on, men, when we don't engage, when when we're not the men we need to be, when we're not the fathers we're called to be, that God takes our mistakes and while he forgives us, while God is willing and God is merciful and God is gracious and God is willing when we come to him, he's willing to forgive all of our sin. I want you to know that even though he forgives our sin, we still have to live with the consequences of our choices. And he says when we don't man up, when we don't step into our home and we don't love our kids the way we should and we don't love our wife the way we should, when we're not the people and the men that we need to be, that how we treat people how we raise them, that it's going to carry on. I don't know about generational curses, but I know there's going to be generational consequences. That what you teach your kids, they're going to teach their kids, and they're going to teach their kids. That who you are as a man is going to be multiplied generation after generation. And that means if you don't like who you are, I want you to know that there is time to change. That with God's grace and God's strength, we can be the men that God's called us to be. And so today, I want to give you three areas where you can practice. Again, we're not perfect. Your family doesn't need a perfect dad. Your family needs a practicing dad. I want to give us three areas today for a few minutes of a, some areas that where we need to practice to be the men that God's called us to be. You ready? Number one area to practice is love your wife. Come on, women, give me some love for this. I'm throwing you in there. Is love your wife. Love your wife. I want, I want you to think about this. Listen, your children are developing what their model of marriage is like by watching you. They're they're influenced by a lot of things. They're influenced by their friends, uh, parents' marriage. They're influenced by culture. They're influenced by television. But the number one way that they're going to develop what marriage should look like and should feel like is by watching your marriage. By watching primarily, listen to this, men, by watching primarily how you treat your wife. I want you to feel the weight of this. I want, listen, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad today. I want us to leave with life, but I want there to be some weight on your shoulders because I want you to understand how key and how big this is. Men, listen to this. Do you know, men, sons and daughters are learning from you. Men, we are teaching our sons how to treat their future wives. Think about that. How we're treating our wife, how we're loving our wife is the same way probably that our sons are gonna love their wives. It's the same way. So if you're, if you like got some verbal issues or some, some physical issues, listen, I want you to know that you're duplicating that in your son. Let me give you something even scarier. This is something that scares me to death. Your sons are not only learning how to treat their wives, but your daughters are learning what is acceptable treatment for them as a bride. Every time I interact with my wife, I'm teaching my daughters what they should accept from their future husbands. You want to talk about some weight? So guys, we have this huge responsibility on us that as we father in the home, as we love our wives, that God has called us to absolutely go out of our way to love her in a way, listen, that we set the bar of how our sons should love their wives and how our daughters can expect to be treated by their future husbands. Listen to the way the Bible says this. Come on, everyone read this with me. Every voice here. For husbands, this means love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. So that means that there's a way that God wants us to love our wives and and not just the way we want to. Because a lot of us in this room, like this is your mentality of loving your wife. Uh, I told her I loved her the day I married her. If something changes, I'll let her know. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. But listen, 
Listen, everybody shout, love your wife. We need to practically and continually love our wife. I would say it this way. When you look at this verse, it gives us some very clear directions and parameters of what us as men and husbands, what our love should look like for our wives. This word just is saying this is how it should be. Just as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her, which means our love for our wives should be sacrificially for her and in spite of her. Sacrificially for her means, listen, you just can't say I love you one time. Listen, men, I just want to challenge you. Use your words. Remember when you were like a little kid? And some of you guys, you have kids like when they're just developing like, you know, their language for their first time. Come on, use your words. And like they finally say what they want. Listen, men, we grow up and we grow up and like we become men and we go back to like grunting. Ugh. Mm. Listen, use your words. Listen, tell your wife how beautiful she is. Listen, tell your wife you love her. Tell her how sparkling her eye is. Tell her how, how wonderful she is. Listen, say something to her. Use your words. Write some notes. Listen, if you want to crank her tractor, wash some dishes and do some laundry because that's what gets it going on at my house. Do some acts of service, right? I mean, there's lots of ways that you can love your wife and God expects us to do it and God expects us to do it unconditionally. In fact, the Bible says that we're to, we're to love our wife the same way Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know how much, you know how much Christ loved the church? He gave his everything. He gave his life for us. And that means, men, our number one priority, apart from our relationship with God, is to love our wives. Not our job, not our hobby, not our buddies, not our pals, not our homeboys, not even our children. Our number one priority outside of Christ is to love our wife. And I want you to think about this. Listen, when I talk about how we're to love her sacrificially, we're also to love her in spite of her. Men, come on, y'all to clap for me now, because listen, women are complicated. You tell them, listen, you answer their question, it's the wrong answer. You don't answer their question, you're not listening to them. I can't figure you out. Fake it till you make it, make some stuff up, but just acknowledge they're there. <laughs> Shut ESPN off, give them five minutes of your time, you'll have a happier home. But in spite of them, listen, you've got to love, listen, I'm telling you, not everybody's lovable 24-7. That includes you, men. So if you're only going to love your wife when she deserves to be loved, you're going to have a broken relationship. We're to love our wife in spite of them. If we only love when they deserve to be loved, first of all, that wipes out five days out of every month right off the get-go. That's just off. And then they go shopping some days, then they're off, right? I mean, you can't just love them when they deserve to be loved. Listen, we have to love our wives unconditionally. Come on, men, say that with me, unconditionally. That means we love them how they are, who they are, where they are. Because we at times are unloving as well. And I want you to think about what the Bible says. Men, God calls us to love our wives the same way that Christ loved us. You know, the Bible paints a picture of how he loved us. Again, not just sacrificially, but God pursued us when we ran from him. When you read in the Old Testament, the book of Haggai, the Bible paints the picture of us as prostitutes on the run, sleeping with everybody but our lover. And our lover continued to pursue us even when we were running from him. What God is saying is there's going to be times your wife is unlovable. There's going to be times that there's going to be tension between you. There's going to be times there's strife in your marriage. But you can never give up. You can never stop fighting. 
Listen, you got to continue to pour into her. Listen, you can't make, listen, and that means what, what you're saying, well, pastor, what if she don't love me? Hear me. I'm telling you, listen, you want your wife to love you? You got to love her. If you want to make a withdrawal, you got to make a deposit. If you want to get a return, you got to make an investment. And what God is calling us to, men, is to love are wise and we may not do it perfectly we may fall short a lot of times but listen God's not looking for and your family doesn't need a perfect man all we need is a practicing man we need somebody who's willing to practice loving our wives there's a story right come on we talk about this there's a story of a of a guy who was sick got a bad diagnosis and um in the middle of this diagnosis the doctor comes in after this battery of tests and pulls the wife in and says, listen, things don't look good. Your husband, I I don't know, man, it's just not looking really good, but I think we can turn the corner here, but it's going to take a lot of work on your part, a lot of sacrifice on your part. You're going to have to, listen, your your husband can't move for like a month. He's just going to have to like lay in bed. You're going to have to take him breakfast, lunch, and dinner on a tray to him. You're going to have to rub his feet, rub his back, a lot of intimacy. The more intimacy, the better. And if you'll do this for 30 days, he's going to pull through. And she walked into the, into, into the hospital room, man, and her husband was real tentative and frightened. He said, well, so what's the outcome? What's it looking like? And his wife said, you're not going to make it. <laughs> Everybody shout sacrifice. God has called us as men and women, husbands and wives, to sacrifice for our partner. Men, let me ask you a question. How you doing loving your wife? How you doing loving your wife? What it took to get her is going to take to keep her. We've got to continue to make those investments. Number two area I want you to think about practicing as we talk about fathers today is accept your children. Accept your children. Let, let me let you know something that probably nobody's ever told you and you need to hear. Uh, your children aren't perfect. They make mistakes and they're imperfect just like you are now and just like you were when you were their age. We live in a generation right now. Come on, parents. We have lost our mind, right? I mean, our kids are like two years. They're like, they're like in second grade and they're up there trying to spell dog in the competition, right? And we're screaming, come on, stupid. We learned this. And right, our kids are out there on the baseball field and like junior, it's the first time he's up at bat and he's swinging the bat. Dads are yelling at him. Listen, we've lost our John Brown mind the way we treat sometimes our kids and we push them and we push them and we want our kids to be, uh, we, want, we want them to be the valedictorian and we want them to graduate top of their class and we want them to bring home straight A's and we want them to be an athlete. We want them to letter in every sport. We want them to be the best at volleyball, the best at baseball, the best at football. I've got news for you. Listen to me. Our kids are not Perfect. And when we push them and push them and push them and push them and push them, sometimes demanding a level that they can't produce and worse, trying to live through them a life we didn't live ourselves. We drive our children to ruin. And men, while absolutely it is our job and women, it is our job to love our kids and to hone their skills and to develop their talents. And it is our job to discipline them and to have expectations. I want you to know sometimes when we push our kids so hard, what we're teaching them is this. What we're telling them is if you don't let her, if you don't bring home straight A's, if you never spill your milk, then I'll love you. Now, you may never say that, but I want you to know that that is the message that they're hearing from many of us in this room. If I was to ask all of you in this room, do you love your kids? I, maybe a handful of you, (laughs) but I'm sure majority by far, if not, I would say, pastor, I absolutely love my kids. And if I could get your kids one-on-one and have a conversation with them, 
I bet you. A good portion of them would say this. Yeah, my parents love me, but they would love me more if I got better grades. They would love me more. They'd love me more if I did better on the ball field. They love me, but they would love me more. What they're saying is my parents' love for me is based on my performance. Think about it. Even the love of our Heavenly Father is not based on our performance. It's based just in his love for us. Why don't you listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians about this. This is, this is cool. Listen. Read it with me. Fathers, notice it doesn't say mothers because mothers don't do this. Fathers, read it with me. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. My wife quotes, this is, you know, like people have life verses. This is my wife. She quotes this to me all the time because I mess with my kids and I provoke them and fool with them until they just lose their mind. This isn't really what it's saying, though. It's, just, it's saying, listen, while, while it's, it's, we need to discipline our kids, and again, while we need to guide them and direct them, that we need to be cautious and careful, that we do it in a way that's caring, that's guiding, but it's not saying that you have to do it or I'm not going to love you. I want you to know, listen to me, there's going to be times that your kids come home and do things and say things. Your kids are going to make choices you don't approve of. They're going to choose lives that you would never choose for yourself and you would never choose for them. It doesn't change who they are. And it doesn't change that you're your children. And in the midst of this crazy culture of us driving our kids to live our perfect life that we've chosen for them, our call as men, our call as husbands, our call as fathers is to make sure that we are loving our kids exactly where they are and accepting them for exactly how they are. Listen to what Colossians says. Come on, read this with me. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Again, the Bible is basically saying this, that then we keep pushing our kids and we keep setting false standards and we keep driving them. The word here, agit- or aggravate, again, that's, that's kind of what the picture is, that you just kind of keep pushing them. And on the inside, they just start to break down. On the inside, they just start to feel like they don't measure up. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen, dads, all you dads pulling, if you've got a daughter, you need to hear what I'm about to say. If your daughter does not feel like she can get the love of her father, she will find the love of a man somewhere. If she feels like she cannot get the affection of her daddy, she will find the affection of someone somewhere. So it's like this weight, like God's calling us, like, come on, come on, men, you can do this. Come on, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. Listen, I mess up parenting all the time. I mess up my marriage all the time, but I want the best. And the only way I can have the best is to keep on practicing. I'm going to keep loving my wife and I'm going to keep on accepting my children. And here's really the challenge. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this today. Expectations, expecting without accepting is rejecting. Expecting without accepting is is rejecting, which means this, that we should have expectations for our kids. We should expect our kids to make moral choices. We should expect our kids to be godly if we're raising them in a godly home. We should expect our kids to excel in school and do well and try. We should expect our kids to make an effort. We should expect our kids. But at the same time, I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes I hate myself. Like sometimes I walk through my house at the end of the day, I feel like a general. I feel like all I did was bark orders at my kids all day. Make your bed, read your Bible, Mow the lawn. Make sure you clean out your car. Make sure you get to work on time. Don't be late for church. Like, I feel like that's all I say. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, and I just struggle. I think, gosh, I mean, 
I'm such a bad parent. And I just got to keep pulling back and just keep trying. And I want all of you in this room, listen to me, there's a lot of you men, you're not trying at all. And some of you men, you've, you've given up on trying. And some of you, you're still in the game. And what I want to tell you today is no matter, no matter where you're at, even if your kids are still out of the house, God is calling us to shoulder the load, to be godly fathers, to guide our kids and accept them and love them exactly where they are. And I think if we'll put in the effort, God will put in the grace and the strength. And we'll be a generation that can raise kids. I didn't say this for marriage, but I want to say this. I believe if we'll start loving our wives the way we need to, that we can be the generation that breaks the pattern of divorce that's happening in this country. We can turn things around if we'll love our wives the way God's called us to. Come on, somebody. Last one real quick and we'll get ready to close. Fear your God. One of the greatest things that you can teach your kids, not just loving your wife, not just accepting your child, but to fear your God. Do you know that your children are learning who God is and what God is like. I know you'd like to think it's all church. It's not. We have a great kids program. Pastor Victor and Jodina, Amanda and Regina downstairs, they are rock stars. I appreciate all of you here that serve back there, loving babies and teaching our kids. But I want you to know it's not the church's job to raise your kids. Because hear me, you know how long we have them? We have them one hour a week and you have them all the rest. And so what, what, what we're teaching our kids and how we live, see, because they're watching us. They're, they're, wa- they're watching us when, when we come up to a light and nobody's looking, so we drive through. They're watching us. They're watching us when we make bad choices. They're watching us. I know anybody, anybody else has been mortified when you say something and you don't realize your kids are listening and later on they repeat it. Okay, let me go a little bit before. You were talking about somebody and your kids were there and later you're with the people and they repeat it. <gasps> No, what? Do you know why? Because man, kids are like a sponge and they're just absorbing. I know you're telling them things. They're not listening to what you're telling them. They're watching how you're living. They're mimicking how you live. They're mimicking your marriage. They're mimicking your parenting. And they're mimicking your relationship with God. Dads, you don't have to be a prayer warrior. You don't have to pray like me and I don't have to pray like you. I'm going to tell you, we don't pray with our kids every night. We don't read their Bible every night, but my kids read their Bibles every night. And my kids say their prayers. Not because I've had to do it with them or Shauna's had to do it with them every night. We've done that with them. You know why they do it? Because we do it. Because we've modeled godliness to our kids. We've done the best we can in the midst of struggling and imperfection and falling short all the time. But what I want my kids more than anything, more than anything, hear this, guys, as I get ready to close. And they're going to learn this from me. The, The thing I want the absolute most Listen, I don't care if they got great jobs. I don't care if they make a lot of money. I don't care if they live in a big house. I don't care if they drive nice, fancy cars. If in their life, if in their life, they love Jesus and they're married to men who love them, I'll have succeeded as a father. I want you to think about this, that every single one of us in this room, we're gonna leave a legacy. And your legacy as a father and as a husband and as a man is gonna live long after you're gone. The best news is that you get to choose what legacy you're going to live. You get to choose what legacy you're going to leave. And I hope you choose with God's grace a legacy that will change lives. My daughter several months ago, I know a lot of us were on Facebook together, and some of you guys seen this. And I'll be honest, when I first seen it, I thought my daughter wants something. She wants money, but I don't have any in my pocket. And uh, she wrote this thing on Facebook, and and it just wrecked me, just wrecked my life. She wrote this. she She said, I'm scared to death 
on Facebook, I'm scared to death that I'll grow up and not have, not have a man to love me the way my dad loved my mom. And I'm scared to death to grow up and not be the kind of woman my mom is who loves my dad the way she does. And I'm scared I'll grow up and not serve and love God the way they do. Oh, I was like, oh, what do you want? Whatever it is, you can have it. <laughs> Two of them. Because listen, listen, hear, hear me, I'm not bragging. Listen, if you lived in my house, you wouldn't want to probably go to church here. I'm just telling you. I make mistakes. I fall short. Truth. If you knew everything there was to know about me, you wouldn't want me to preach to you. And if I knew everything there was to know about you, I probably wouldn't want to preach to you. So there. <laughs> So, but, but here's what I know is I'm, I'm not perfect and neither are you, but I'm just convinced if, if just a day for you, man, if father's day is not just a day to sit back and allow people to pat you on the back, people to bring you cards and gifts or whatever, take you to dinner. Can I just challenge you as we get ready to close here in prayer that today be a day that you reset internally. And you pull back and say, you know what? I need to take another running start in my marriage. I need to really start loving my wife more intentionally. I need, to, I need to do a better job accepting my kids, just loving them right where they are, right how they are. Not lose my mind when they bring a C home. And I need to do a better job in my walk with God. With every head up and every eye looking around, all the men in this house, if you're here and you say, Pastor Steve, I want you to pray for me because I, I want to I do some of that. I want to start practicing those things. I want you to lift a hand real high. I want to love my wife more. I want to accept my kids more. I want to love my God more. Lift your hand real high. I want to pray for you. Leave it up just for a minute, just before the Lord. If uh, Wives, if, if you're sitting next to your man, I want you to just lay a hand on his shoulder or on his lap. And I want you to pray for him while I pray for him. We're just going to pray together. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big battle. But we can do this. Father, I pray for every man with their hand lifted. I pray in Jesus' name, God, there's times that we feel overwhelmed. God, there's times we admit it, we fall short, we make mistakes. But God, today we come before you and we pray that you would give us grace and you would give us strength. Lord, I pray that there would be a turnaround in every home in this house. I pray in Jesus' name that you would make us new men to be who you called us to be to our wives and to our children. Father, we commit our lives to you. And we pray in Jesus' name, help us to love our wives. Help us to accept our kids. And Lord, help us to fear you more, to serve you more. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord today? Hey, listen, dads, I hope you have a super, super day today. Again, want to make sure all of you, man, you're invited to stop out to Dad Fest out front. If you're a first-time guest, make sure you stop by our, our uh, Connect room. We have some people there that love to shake your hand and put a gift in your hand as a way of saying thanks for being here. If you need prayer for anything, you stop back our prayer and care room. There's people there that would love to come alongside of you and minister to you. God bless you guys. Have a safe, great day. We'll see you back next week for week four of Wise Guys.